This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Before looking ahead to where we are agronomically coming into spring, let's look back at the conditions that got us here. Here in northwest Iowa, the 2020 growing season was generally ideal before the wheels came off in late July. One misassumption that appeared to be general consensus was that the corn crop is made with pollination. Last year, my corn pollinated well and then lost 50 to 60 bushel per acre of yield potential from the premature death that followed as soil moisture was exhausted. The crop had used its moisture reserves and then without timely rain, there was nothing to fill the kernels and ears. On my farm, 240 bushel per acre above APH yield potential collapsed to 180. I noted at the time, the Pro Farmer Crop Tour, that conditions were deteriorating so rapidly that they were trying to catch a falling knife with that snapshot of the crop. I knew that USDA methods and processes would not reveal the true extent of the collapse until they had yield data in their November report, and it took them until the January annual report to be able to put the conclusion together as to the degree of the yield collapse. This coming crop will be my 48th season, and I had seen the crop similarly die prematurely only once before in 1976. While the derecho and flattened crops got the media attention, I said that the premature end to the growing season from exhausted soil moisture would exceed that crop loss from that weather anomaly. My corn was standing fine, but had lost a third of its yield after pollination. That was an agronomic experiment result that you never forget. Here in northwest Iowa, not much has changed since last fall. We failed to get much moisture recharged before the ground froze up, so this is likely the least subsoil moisture that we have carried into a growing season in recent memory here. This can be said for much of the western Corn Belt and Plain states, while in the eastern Corn Belt they have a wetter soil profile. Our snow melt is not going to change our drought. We need timely spring rains for recharge. That is not in the forecast that we have seen. We should have enough moisture in the seed zone for germination, and the crops do not take much moisture for the first month. Last year, we had enough moisture in the ground that got us through pollination. That is not the case this year, as our subsoil moisture is too close to being empty, so that we will need timely rains all season. The odds of that happening are dubious in a normal year, and this is a Lania year where the statistics show that there is a 70% chance of a below trend line yield for corn. I will dig down into that in a subsequent report. Balanchines have no buffer in corn and soybean stocks this year to a weather threat. I would argue that conditions are already in a threat posture. I have recommended longs in new crop corn and soybeans. On the hogs. Packers have been killing producer-owned hogs by letting their own live longer and add more weight. What this does is give them greater leverage over the hog market as they control the front-end supply, essentially tightening front-end numbers, which has been positive for hog values. Integrated packer margins are now triple the standard packer margin. That's right, triple. Dow Jones Iowa State University data showed the integrated packer margin at $63.76 a head versus the standard packer margin of $21 a head on Friday. Integrated packers are making money from both hogs and pork. This has been adding to the value of hogs in general, but packer-owned hogs in particular. This is the first time that I've seen this market structure used in this manner. 
it takes that much margin for a standard packer to run the plant. So all the profit in the industry was going to integrated packers and producers. Integrated packers are now acting like hog producers instead of pork packers in a way that they are exerting their market influence. Integrated packers that own hogs are more than making up for the soft cutout in higher hog prices. Packers who do not own hogs are being squeezed. On the cattle side, cattle packers do not own cattle. Their only vested interest is in buying them as cheap as possible. Cattle prices are detached from beef prices. Beef packers are squeezing both feedlots and consumers, seeing record packer margins for this time of year. Retail beef prices have soared to levels that challenge consumer demand, while cattle supply fundamentals look defensive. I know that commodities are supposed to be bullish, but I have not liked the setup in cattle and beef fundamentals. Packers have too much leverage, and the deferred futures premiums look like a bull trap. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.